Oh my goodness, we're finally back. Hello everybody, new studio, new season, and today's question is how long, how long does free speech have? That's a great question to ask because I don't know how much longer I can do this show. Great Britain is no longer great as an army veteran gets arrested for a social media post that offended a group of people. Guess which group he offended? The CDC is corrupt and undermining your parenting. You need to know this. And big news came out last month. Chemical dependencies on antidepressants doesn't work. Finally, we let you know where the deep dive is going. And I'm going to help you unpack where culture is going by studying a time in the Bible when it happened before. It's finally here. Your favorite night of the week is back. The Deep End, new and improved on Tim Hatch Live. All right, everyone. Welcome, welcome. We got a lot of things to cover today, but most importantly, what do you think of the studio behind me? Um, let me give you the tour, shall we? We've got this camera over here that shows you the side, kind of like a motion camera. Ooh, I am wearing shorts because it's still summer. And uh, then we've got this main camera right here, which shows me. You're going to mo mostly watch this camera. And then we've got the side camera over here because... Sometimes you just need a better angle of the beard. Am I right? Sometimes you just need a little bit more beard love in your life. Well, this is uh, a labor of love for me, the deep end on Tim Hatch Live. It is season six, episode one. We begin a journey today. It has been a month and a month seems like a short time, but not when you're waiting for the deep end to come back, right? Let me know where you're watching from. Let me know, are you a first time deep ender tonight? Are you maybe a long time deep ender? I love my long time deep enders. You guys are the best. Thank you for being here. And we're going to get into a lot of stuff today. We got to start talking about the fact that free speech is under assault. And that brings me to a segment we're bringing back for the first episode of this season. It's kind of fun to watch uh, wokeism eat its own. I, I have to say, it's fun because there will be no free speech for these people in due time. The moment you cave to the wokes golds is the moment you sign up for a lifetime of breaking the law, breaking their rules, a lifetime of penance. I bring you the Grammy Award-winning singer Beyonce. She is under fire today for using the word spaz on her new album, which just premiered last week. The term spaz, I guess, is considered harmful to the disabled community. Who knew? I didn't know this. Uh, when I was a kid, we called each other spaz all the time. Never in my life did I think, oh, spaz equals disabled person. But evidently, the people who have spasmatic behavior because of some physical defect got offended. I don't know how many people get offended today. It's just you just need to offend one victimized group and you've got to change everything. So she apologized immediately and said that the lyric would be replaced immediately. I, I can't wait until all these artists have to submit their lyrics to a lyric review committee so as not to offend anyone. Like, can't you just see this coming down the pike? Like, it's going to happen because in the arts today, you can sing about anything you want except what the woke scolds don't want you to sing about you can sing about rape no big deal you can sing about orgies infidelity adultery uh, polygamy asexuality pansexuality you can mock christians that's for sure can't mock muslims but you can definitely mock christians and jews you can use christ's name as a swear word you can call women the b word call black people the n word of course only if you're black can you do that in lizzo's case who also used the spaz 
uh, term in her song. In that same song where she used the word spaz, she also threatens in the lyrics to cut off a man's genitals. Yes, in the song that Lizzo was brought to, you know, the uh, fires for, she uses the word spaz, but she also uses this term for cutting off a man's genitals. No big deal. She also uses the N-word and the B-word. In fact, the B-word is uh, all over that track. But those words and those things are fair game make fun of Christians and use the N and B words and talk about cutting off a man's genitals, no big deal. But please, please do not use the offensive term, the ableist term from this article, <laughs> uh, spaz, because that offends a victimized group. And, and here we are in 2022, and you would think that the country that has fought so hard to have us independence and end slavery and liberate uh, people groups around the world, you would think, that this country would have a backbone. You'd think that this country would not be a bastion of victimhood, but it has become just that. And you see, this is what Christians have to see is happening in our culture. It's the back alley way to end free speech. This is the back alley way because pretty soon everything you say could offend someone. And before you know it, there's going to be laws in the books. They're already trying to pass laws, hate crime laws based on your speech. Before you know it, there's going to be approved speech and not approved speech. In fact, in many ways, there already has been. And COVID-19 absolutely exposed that. But here's what we don't do, Christians. We don't get traumatized. We don't get insulted by everybody who might say something about us. I think this is really important because for thousands of years, Christians have been taking it on the chin from every group of powerful people on the planet. Ever since Nero blamed Christians for the fires of ancient Rome and today's Gen Zers who graduate university and blame Christian colonialists for every evil thing under the sun, we know we can take it. Do you know why? Because we heard our Savior say in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are you when others revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. Don't act like a victim. Rejoice. If you're criticized for being a Christian, if people mock your faith, if people mock you for being a Christian, rejoice and be glad for great is your reward in heaven. I mean, we are given every day a golden opportunity to know, to, 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 to test whether or not we believe that. The woke scolds are coming for their own and free speech is on the chopping block. Look no further than Great Britain for another segment of... Great Britain. I, I knew this day would come, and it was obvious to many Bible-minded people as we have seen the descent into oblivion our cultural morals have been heading for the last 30 to 40 years. But we are at a place where a social media post offending the alphabet gang will get you arrested. Not in America, not yet, but in Great Britain. I kid you not. Great Britain, that once bastion of Christian influence over the world, the nation that gave us common law and civil rights, the nation that birthed our nation, the nation that brought us Charles Spurgeon, William Tyndale, John Whitcliffe, John and Charles Wesley, George Whitfield, Roger Williams, and William Booth. Hudson Taylor and Isaac Watts. If you don't know those names, then you have been through public education. Those names are the reason why you have religious freedom in this country. Those, reason, those names are the reason why you have separation of church and state. Those names are the reason why you have a Bible in your hand printed and available to you. And if your pastor preaches through the Bible verse by verse and teaches you what the Bible says and not what he thinks it should say, 
It's because of the influence of those names. If you love to sing worship songs that make sense to you in your generation, it's because of those names. These men were all British. They were all from the Great Isle of Great Britain. And today they would be rolling over, their, rolling over in their grave as this once great culture disintegrates, bowing to the LGBTQIA ampersand hashtag mob. Uh, this news story was hard to believe, but yes, Great Britain is going to eventually change the flag to this. Um, so <laughs> the UK police in uh, Hampshire sent five officers to arrest a man who was also a 51-year-old British veteran. They arrested him for posting an LGBT flag that had this swastika shape on it on social media. Uh, this is from reclaimthenet.org. Yesterday, the UK's Hampshire Constable, Constabulary? How do you say that? Constabulary of the police force sent five police officers to arrest a man in Aldershot for a Facebook post containing an image that made the progress flag uh, look like a swastika. And here is what that post looked like. Who, who knows if YouTube's going to let me continue this show right now. <laughs> the image that the man was arrested for posting has been widely shared online by thousands of social media posts, uh, users, including the Reclaim Party leader and free speech activist Lawrence Fox, who was present when the man was arrested. And you can go and watch the video. I kid you not, this is real. Uh, the post was maybe offensive. I don't know. I don't think we should call anybody Nazis. I get it. But, but everybody's a victim and everybody has to call the police immediately as soon as their feelings get hurt. You know, the police should be, you know, I don't know, stopping criminals from actually stealing stuff and looting stores as they are doing right now. But now the police are mom and dad. Now the police are mom and dad between fighting toddlers. And the toddlers are the LGBT and the guy who offends them and they're arguing is out and call the police. And the police actually showed up at this guy's house and arrested him. And I have the video for it. You're not going to believe this. It's Israel. Here it is. No. This British Hampshire police would realize how ridiculous this is. What did it need to come to? What, 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 to this level? Because I don't understand. I posted something that he posted. You come to arrest me, you don't arrest him. Watch this. Why has it come to this? Why am I in cuffs? Because there's something he shared, then I shared. Listen to this. Because someone has been caused, obviously, anxiety based upon your social media page. That's not his. why you've been arrested. <laughs> someone has been caused anxiety because of your social media post. Words that I never thought I'd hear from a police officer at an arrest. Literally, people are pillaging expensive stores, clothing stores in London right now. That's happening right now. And a 51-year-old army veteran is getting arrested for a social media post. And later, the woman officer in the video, she says something about how when a battered woman makes a complaint against her husband, she is taken seriously and he is arrested until the matter can be investigated. So just think about those words. Now a social media post is equivalent to a man beating his wife. Now we take the victim's word for it until we can prove it otherwise. This is where Britain is headed. And I know it's true because the BBC.com news site reported on the police commissioner's concern over the necessity of police uh, of the police response. This is an article from the BBC.com. Hampshire PCC criticizes on police force over social media arrests. Literally, all she says is, I'm kind of concerned about the amount of uh, effort went, that went into arresting this man. So, 
You, you cannot make this stuff up. And and my friends, I guarantee you, this is coming to America. Not today, not tomorrow, but soon. Let us not miss what we are already seeing, the drips of the dam breaking. We have news that a U.S. soccer player was not allowed to play for her team because she didn't wear the LGBTQ Pride Month jersey. This is a woman who has appeared on the national team eight different times, and now she will not be allowed to play for her uh, women's uh, professional soccer team league because she didn't want to play with the Pride jersey on. Ironically, this girl plays for the North Carolina Courage. That's the team, North Carolina Courage. <laughs> but the moment she showed courage, standing up for what she believes as a Christian, not a hateful person, the narrative of culture cuts her down. And by the way, none of her teammates should wear the shirt Courage either because they have no courage to speak up for her right to believe as she wants. Not a single one. Also, you need to watch the CBN interview of her. She is an amazing story. She was miraculously healed from a blood clot so that she could continue playing soccer, and the doctors were mystified as to how she got healed by it, uh, from it. And then went and played for the national team, didn't play for the national team when they wanted her to wear the pride jersey, and then that broke, and everybody freaked out about that. Fantastic story, but she says, maybe God put me here to show the world what it looks like to obey him. There's a powerful story. We'll put the link, the CBN interview um, of that player in the description below. This should cause us to remember, though, if you, if you don't remember, I remember, I'm here to remind you, how it made national headlines a few months ago when five Tampa Bay Rays players decided not to wear the LGBT pride flags back, I think it was in May. This is the tolerance of the intolerant. This is the wear the ribbon crowd. This is what Kramer experienced uh, so many years ago in the prophetic comedy Seinfeld. Hey, Cedric, Bob, this guy won't wear a ribbon. Who? Who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? Yeah, so that's where we are. And um, let's not also forget that back in 2019, a father in Ohio uh, lost custody of his 14-year-old transgender child and could lose the right to object to injections or surgery on this child. And they just took the child right out. Just took the child right out of his house, and that's what happens when you don't toe the line of the woke scold LGBT crowd. Uh, speaking of the crowd, um, let's talk about something that nobody wants to talk about. We're past the COVID pandemic. I don't care what anybody says. It's over. Nobody's even in L.A. They're not going to put masks back on. <laughs> they tried to in Los Angeles. They tried to reenact the mask mandate, and the citizens were like, nope, we're not doing it. So COVID's over. When L.A. is not doing it, you know COVID is over. But here's monkeypox. Monkeypox is breaking out everywhere. It's the next big pandemic. No, no, it's not. Actually, it's pretty much a disease that attacks one small, minute um, population segment. It's the... <laughs> I got to get the terminology right because everything has to be right with terminology. The men having sex with men community. We used to call this the homosexual community. We used to call this um, the sodomites. I don't know. We used to call these gay people, but now they're the men having sex with men community because everything has to be narrated. Everything has to be very crafted and curated when the news uh, comes to us. So this from Mercury News out of San Francisco. Check out the title of the article, Beloved San Francisco Fetish Festival. Ha, ha, ha. 
I'm sorry. I, did, I, I didn't pre-read. <laughs> I didn't pre-read this title when I put this stuff together, but I, I saw it and I just read it and I didn't read it out loud. But literally, the title of the article is "Beloved San, Fris- San Francisco Fetish Festival Presses Ahead Amid Anxiety Slash Uncertainty Over Monkeypox." So this is from uh, this from Mercury News. I, I guess this is a uh, an event where five thousand gay people come to have a bunch of sex and drugs and rock and roll with each other. The festival is actually devoted to encouraging men to have sex with men uh, ubiquitously, uh, and it's not going to be canceled or postponed in the midst of the monkeypox, which is attacking. Men who have sex with men. <laughs> so now try to see if you can remember something with me. Can you can you remember how many of you are old enough to remember? Oh, let's go back to way back to March 2020 when you couldn't leave your house. You couldn't go to church. You couldn't go to uh, see your mom at the nursing home. You couldn't go to the funeral. You couldn't go to the wedding. You had to shut down your entire life over a virus outbreak that had a 99.7% survival rate. Now we know that the numbers were fudged by the New York Health Department and other state health departments that we now know that Andrew Cuomo sent COVID positive cases to those nursing homes and and exacerbated the problem of death for old people in those nursing homes. We now know that it was a highly politicized virus used to upend our culture and lock you down for three months or more, depending on where you lived. You had to shut your whole life down for a virus that you had a 99.7% survival rate of. And, 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 and this is what they're going to do in the capital city of homosexuality, when a virus that is attacking one specific people group starts breaking out, they're going to do nothing. They're going to do nothing. Do you see why I don't trust the government or CDC guidelines anymore? Do you, do you see? Like, ugh, Christians, I, I, I implore you. I implore you. If you are one of these Christians who still trust the government, wake up. I mean, really, you need to stop it. You need a brain. You need discernment of spirits. You need the Holy Spirit, okay? Even CNN, even CNN has to admit that this virus predominantly affects gay men, engaging, of course, in homosexual sex. Of course, we know this stuff is going to continue to happen in spite of man's uh, rejection of God. Let me bring you to Romans chapter 127 again. It says, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves. Do you see the text here saying it very clearly? Receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. There is a physical problem that manifests when you have sex with people you're not supposed to have sex with. And so now our um, the New York, City, uh, New York City Health Board has declared a state of emergency. I think the mayor actually has declared a state of emergency. Uh, the uh, WHO has declared a global emergency over this monkeypox issue, which only attacks, again, people who engage in homosexual sex. And now the whole world, I, I want you to see where we are now. The whole world has to bow to this problem. The whole, your, your life might come to a point where they're going to try to shut you down again. They're going to try to lock you down again because you know what? We've got to protect people. Instead of maybe asking better questions like maybe we shouldn't have 
sex outside of a monogamous heterosexual marriage. Maybe God was right all along when he told us in Romans chapter one that this stuff would happen if we reject his law. But because some people want to commit social sexual immorality, your life has to be scared into silence. You can't say anything. You can't play on the soccer team. We'll vilify you. You can't play on the baseball game. We'll vilify you. And, and you can't say certain words on your record album if you offend some of the people that we think are victims constantly. But fair game on Christians. Fair game on the rest of the world. <laughs> and by the way, the real health emergency is that our national leaders do not, uh, want to perpetuate alternative lifestyles in our children's lives. Yes, the real health emergency is that the government, the federal government of the United States is using your tax dollars to fund a program to engage your kids in an exploration, a cute and nice and childish exploration into gender dysphoria, transgenderism, homosexuality, pansexuality, and whatever other confusing sexual identities they come out with next. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Q space. This is um, what uh, the CDC has been busy promote, uh, producing. Uh, Q space is a place that directs LGBT children to secretive chats about sex changes, activism, and even the occult. By the way, it's always funny how those two things go together, sexual morality and the occult, because sexual morality comes from the same place that the occult comes from. It's the same root, the same father. So the CDC, Centers for Disease and, uh, and control <laughs> is starting to pr produce, has not starting to, has already produced this website where your kids can go to. It's a federally funded website. It's a chat service, which describes itself as a community for LGBTQ uh, plus teens. It's available for ages 13 to 19, but who's stopping the 12-year-olds and 11 and 10 and 5-year-olds from logging on? And it could be hidden from parents with the click of a button. This is from yournews.com. The chat seems specifically designed uh, to be concealed from parents and family members. Each section of the website has a large button on the bottom of the screen that says, Click tap here for quick escape and shows a stick figure running towards an exit. When click, the button takes users to the Google homepage hiding the site. And this is not on the screen, but it says one of the rules of QChat is to, quote, keep confidentiality and agree that, quote, what's stayed here, uh, I'm sorry, what's shared here stays here. So imagine... Ladies and gentlemen, you're a parent. You come home from a long day of work. You're tired. You're about to cook dinner or maybe you're taking a soccer practice and whatever. And your child's been on the CDC website for three hours while you were at work, already learning how to detach from your guidance and reject your values and enter into the confusion of our highly sexualized, federally mandated and funded medical cult so as to undermine your authority as a parent. This is um, unconscionable to me as a parent. And I want to show you a couple of the social media posts from the Instagram page. Because, again, it's not even hidden. It's not like you have to really, like, you know, go down the dark web to find this stuff. You just go right to cute chat space on Instagram, and here's what you'll find. Posts like, finding chosen family. Like, here's where you can learn how to forfeit your biological family in favor of your ideological family. Subsidized, again, by the federal government to make us automatons with no alliances to anyone other than the system. Take religion out of public schools, they said. It'll be fun, they said. No, they just replaced religion. They took out Christianity and they put in sexual proclivities. That's what's happening. Because my friends, mankind is made to worship something. If we will not worship God, we will worship the God of sex. We will worship the God of drugs. We will worship the God of uh, money, power, authority, whatever. 
Um, in addition to the secretive chat, the secretive chat that's available on the Q uh, Space website. Uh, that you will have secretive chats with strangers on the internet, by the way. Your child might be having a secretive chat with a 35-year-old federal government employee. Who knows? Uh, they can also take part in a six-part series how to on how to understand your own gender identity. Uh, like part one, the influence of your upbringing. In other words, forget that family of yours. They're stupid and ignorant. Uh, part two, learn about the terms we use for gender. Uh, part three, the media's role in perpetuating gender stereotypes. So remember how there was a dad and mom in every show in the 1980s? Shame on them. They were disconnected from reality. Uh, part four, reflect on your own gender journey. Part five, the ways people are identifying and expressing themselves. And part six, build out and try on different identities digitally. So right into a virtual reality world where you can act the part of your preferred gender identity. I don't know. This is, this is insanity to me. It's unconscionable as a parent. And parents need to be aware of this, especially Christian parents. Uh, this is another page that shows us who's funding it. And wouldn't you know, it's Planned Parenthood. Shocker. Oh, wow. Didn't see that coming. Uh, so Planned Parenthood will use video games, Pokemon, Star Wars, uh, to entice children into joining a chat room filled with sexually and politically and even spiritually charged material. By the way, Planned Parenthood gets about $533 million a year from the federal government. Your tax money keeps them uh, financially funded. And they're there to make sure to undermine your parental authority. They are there to come and be a wedge between you and your children. Yikes. Yikes. Um, this is uh, America 2022. Uh, this is unbelievable, but it is what it is. <laughs> Adding to the cringe is a sitting U.S. congresswoman named Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who this week sat down with drag queens, not to participate in a drag show, which was surprising. Maybe she did. I don't know. It's not videotaped. But she sat down to talk to them about how they, yes, drag queens, are the true patriots in our country. Watch this. The people who change what people think are artists and drag queens. And let's not forget who threw that first break at Stonewall. Yes. You know, that is what led to us passing the Equality Act in the House in this term, marriage equality. It starts with you. I mean, you're patriots. You are. You are. You are patriots. And I'm so proud of you all. I'm so proud to live in this country with you and with your mother and with all of us as family. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, girl. We love you. <laughs> so those are the men that AOC believes are patriots. Now this, <coughs> excuse me, this congressperson, AOC, she has vilified men left, right, and center on countless social media posts. But I guess men are fine and indeed beneficial to our country and embody the values of the U.S. Constitution as long, as long as they dress up like clown women and strut around in front of children. Yes. Then toxic masculinity is gone. <laughs> you know, you think about this. Matt Walsh makes this point. It is a brilliant point. But if any grown woman did what a drag queen does... We would consider that woman uh, abominable. A, gr a grown woman, biological woman, gets all sexually, you know, sexually uh, pro provocatively dressed and goes and dances in front of uh, elementary school students. We would be shocked and horrified. But when a grown man does it, it's art. It's patriotism. It's, it's progress. <laughs>
So here we are, the United States of Sodom and Gomorrah, and it is alive and well. But I want to encourage you guys, this is what the deep end is here for, to engage culture with discernment, not anger. Don't get angry. And I want to encourage you by saying, don't be depressed. I've, I've got some good pastoral stuff coming at the end of this program. Please stay tuned because this is so important. I told my church that I'd f I found something out on Sunday and I, I would discuss it today. And what I found out is something that I've always believed as a pastor. I've, I've always believed this as a pastor. There is no such thing as a chemical imbalance when it comes to depression. A review of existing research into depression and covering 10,000 participants found that depression is not likely caused by a chemical imbalance, according to an article published in the very important uh, psychiatric me uh, medical journal, uh, Molecular Psychiatry. So that brings me to the Deep Endopedia. So this is from medicalexpress.com and other outlets are also reporting this. Recent findings from the University College London has found there's no clear evidence that serotonin levels or serotonin activity are responsible for depression. Think about that. This is something that we've been told since the 1960s, that, that, there, that there's this imbalance in your body. You don't have enough serotonin, so let's give you a pill that will artificially cause your body to produce serotonin. By the way, whenever a pill causes your body to artificially produce what it should produce, your body doesn't produce what it should produce. So it actually becomes counterproductive to artificially, through drugs and ingesting uh, synthetic drugs, it becomes counterproductive to your body's natural ability to take care of itself. So this is from Medical Express again, like I said, and this is a lead author, Professor Joanna Moncrief from the study, a professor of psychiatry at UCL, University College London, and a consultant psychiatrist at Northeast London NIH Foundation Trust said, it's always difficult to prove a negative, but I think we can safely say that after a vast amount of research conducted over several decades, there is no convincing evidence that depression is caused by serotonin abnormalities, particularly by lower levels or reduced activity of serotonin. Uh, and then the author, the co-author, Dr. Mark Horowitz, a training psychiatrist and clinical research fellow in psychiatry at UCL, also said, I had been taught that depression was caused by low serotonin in my psychi psychiatry training. And it even taught this to my students in my own lectures. Being involved in this research was eye-opening and feels like everything I thought I knew has been flipped upside down. Yeah. Uh, guys, have we learned anything for the last two years that science is not settled? Science is not settled. Never has been. Never will be. Science is the exploration of data. And when new data presents itself, we, I don't know, find out what that data says. And stop basing everything we're doing to our bodies on assumptions and old research. So the uh, UC Berkeley Scientific uh, Department came out with a report uh, talking about how America has an epidemic of antidepressants. Uh, one in six Americans, I didn't even know this, are on antidepressants, including a quarter of those who are considered long-term users that is over 10 years. Imagine taking a drug for 10 years and still needing it. I mean, I get it if it's cancer or if it's you know, diabetes or something that's you know, real, like, like really physically there. But imagine taking a pill for depression and still being depressed <laughs> 10 years later. 
this article goes on to say, studies suggest that many people who don't need antidepressants are getting access to them. In fact, a study done from 1996 to 2007 found that the proportion of visits in which antidepressants were prescribed but patients were not diagnosed with a mental health disorder increased from 59% to 72% in recent years. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? It means you go to your doctor, right? And the doctor says, oh, you're depressed? Okay, here's a pill. You know what the doctors I've heard are coming out and saying, it's just easier to prescribe something. They just don't want to deal with the complaints. They just want to shut the person up. Like, th think about this. So you you don't do things that lead to happiness. And there are things that you can do to lead to happiness. And, and I'm going to tell them to you at the end of the show. You don't do things that lead to happiness and health. And then you go to the doctor and say, I'm not healthy and happy. And then the doctor says, well, you know, you could exercise and eat right, which is what the doctors have been telling us for years. No, I don't want to do that. Just give me a pill to pop. And so pop the pill and stay dependent on the fabricated synthetic material of man. And this has been foisted upon us. This has been pushed upon us through our uh, very faulty medical research community, through uh, the uh, high dollar uh, cost or the, the high market-driven uh, big pharmaceutical companies. In fact, that's what the Berkeley Political Review said here on the screen. It says Big Pharma is one of the biggest contributors to this phenomenon. America is arguably the worldwide capital of Big Pharma with six of the top 10 pharmaceutical companies in 2017 headquartered in the, in the US. Furthermore, America has been breed, the breeding grounds for business success of Big Pharma as it's one of only two countries in the world that allow for direct consumer direct-to-consumer pharmaceutical drug advertising. The familiar commercials promising the effectiveness of drugs like Zoloft or Prozac to pop up on TV after a long day. But Big Pharma is just one part of the equation as the disconcertingly high rates of antidepressants also reflect another weakness in our healthcare system, the lack of transparency in the relationship between the doctors and the pharmaceutical industry. Yes. <laughs> yes, the lack of transparency in the relationship between doctors and the pharmaceutical industry. Let's take that exact line and apply it to the doctors who are putting on us this idea that the vaccine will keep us safe from COVID and stop the transmission and stop the virus. Let's apply that same logic, that same exact logic right there to these vaccines that they will not stop pushing on us. By the way, there's really good news about the um, vaccines for under five-year-olds, like the CDC wanted us to pump our five-year-olds with these vaccines, and they have like 300,000 some odd doses on hand ready to go, and only, I think, 400 appointments have been made so far. Th that's really good. I, I don't know if that's exactly accurate. Don't quote me on it, but it's good to see that some people are just saying, no, we're not doing this to our kids. Uh, I, I bring you also to this article from the Washington Post. Amazingly, a truthful article, quote, I was a drug rep. I know how pharma companies pushed opioids. Uh, this guy worked in sales for a pharmaceutical company, would go to doctor's offices and push on them new products. And you think about that. You just think about the fact that pharmaceutical industry, which is a market-driven industry, which will make many people uh, tons of money if they invest in that company. Well, that company now is now no longer beholden to people's health, but to stockholders. And so here's what he says from this Walpole, WAPO article. For every, doc, for every dollar the pharmaceutical industry spends on research and development, it spends $2 on marketing. 
He says, when I worked as a pharmaceutical sales representative in the neuroscience division of Eli Lilly, I was the living embodiment of this investment. I took doctors out to many fancy Manhattan restaurants and the maitre d's greeted me by name. The company hosted them at catered speaking programs and gave me, uh, uh, gave away tickets to baseball games and Broadway musicals. We even sent doctors and their families to sponsored academic conferences at Tony Resorts in Florida, Florida and California. During the day, if doctors didn't have time to see me, I chatted up their receptionists, plying them with food and gifts, stress balls, umbrellas, clocks, and asking breezily which medications their boss has preferred prescribing and why. Now, if you know anything about great movies from the 1980s and 90s, you should be aware that this has already been happening. It, there's a great movie called The Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. And if you remember, they, the reason why they wanted... Uh, Harrison Ford dead, Harrison Ford, Dr. Richard Kimball dead, not his wife. They killed his wife by accident, but they wanted him dead, was because he was finding out the data didn't support the uh, results that they were pushing through sales on the pill that was supposed to solve heart disease. So he was being honest. He was going to report this data, and they squashed the data, and they tried to kill him. <laughs> My, how life imitates art, because that's where we are here. And in, in this article, the, the, the former pharmaceutical rep talks about the fact that he, from 1995 to 2005, the number of drug reps in the U.S., the number of people pushing drugs on doctors went from 38,000 to 100,000 in 10 years, 38,000 to 100,000, or about one for every six physicians in the country. This is the, the problem of our current cultural moment. They want us drugged. They want you drugged, and they want your kids drugged, which to me is even worse. Uh, th that's, the, that's the worst thing that they can do. Let us not forget, ladies and gentlemen, that one of these drug companies is named Pfizer, and Pfizer holds the record for the largest healthcare fraud settlement in history, $2.3 billion. What did they do? They promoted four drugs illegally. It's still listed on the Department of Justice's website so far. It is the largest healthcare fraud settlement in history. Pfizer, which is making our vaccines right now, which is being promoted by our president and, and uh, vice president and governors around this country and um, the leaders of the educational uh, labor unions. This is unbelievable. And you have to remember the old adage. This old adage is so important, so true. You don't make money off healthy people. You don't make money off dead people. You make money off sick people. And Fauci and Bill Gates approve. And for years, for years, we've been taught to believe that the medical establishment has been above board, has been operating with integrity and with our best interest in mind. And a lot of Christians, and this is what I'm really going to press in on here. A lot of Christians take their word over God's word. A lot of Christians say, what does my pastor know? He only knows the Bible. The Bible is the word of God. Like, I get this. I, I've gotten pushback over the years when I've preached against antidepressant drugs. I preached against it a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I, I learned a trick. I learned a trick that if I preach about it, make sure you just give a little qualifier, a little discount qualifier. I say, well, if you need your pill, take it. And I even did that a couple of weeks ago from the pulpit. And now I feel bad about it because I knew I was right the whole time. I knew I was right. These pills, they do not fix us. They just medicate us. They trick our bodies 
to think we're fixing things or taking care of things. And then they give us this mindset of just sickness. How many people live with a mindset of sickness? The scripture says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. How many of you right now, you just have a sickness mindset? Now, there are real sicknesses. I'm not discounting sicknesses, and I'm not even discounting mental illness. There are mentally ill people. But there's a mindset that can come upon us. There's, there's a woman that Jesus heals, and it says that she was bent over, and she couldn't straighten up. What does Jesus say? He says, your spine is healed. No, he doesn't say that. He says, woman, you are free from your spirit. You're, you, he casts out the spirit and he heals the woman. It was a mindset, a spiritual mindset in her body that caused her to be bent over and weighted down in life. And my friends, there is a very profitable business model to be, to be engaged in if you don't get set free from Jesus, uh, set free through Jesus, sorry. So if you don't get set free through Jesus, the pharmaceutical industry will gladly take your money. You got it? There's a high cost to not knowing what the Bible says, ladies and gentlemen. There's a high cost. What you don't know about God's word hurts you. See, God told the people of Israel as they were coming out of Egypt, he says in Exodus 15, 26, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and all, keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Or Deuteronomy 7, verse 12. And because you listen to these rules, what? Do the word of God. Listen to God's word and do it. The Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and steadfast love that he swore to your fathers, verse 15. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you knew will he inflict on you. But he will lay on them on all who hate you. Or take Psalm 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles or proverbs 420 my son be attentive to my words incline your ear to my sayings let them not escape from your sight keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and check this out healing to their flesh how many of you don't get this yet you need to get it god's word spoken over you can heal you mind body spirit I and it just kind of makes practical sense. Like just take the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, if you just practice the Ten Commandments, they will save you untold harm your entire life. Like, for instance, have sex with one person of the opposite sex for the rest of your life, and you will avoid untold problems and venereal diseases and monkeypox. <laughs> How about honor your parents? Like, what if you listened to your parents and stopped rebelling against them? They are wiser and smarter than you if they're Christian, God-loving, God-fearing parents. How about don't steal and avoid prison? How about don't lie and have friends? How about don't covet and embrace the spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude, which will also shape your heart and change your mind and how you see the world? In other words, put God first. Put God first and he will guide you. But I didn't want to leave you with that because I think that there are just some seriously simple practical steps to being healthy. So one time I was preaching against uh, these um, mental drugs to get out of um, uh, depression. And a woman in my church came up and said, well, my daughter, she really does need them. I, you know, I, I kind of get a little bit squeamish when you talk like that, Pastor, because my daughter, you don't understand. So... 
So I said, okay, well, let me ask you some questions about your daughter. Does she exercise? No. Does she eat fast food? Yes. Does she get good sleep? No. Does she drink a lot of water? No. Do, you know what I'm saying? I just asked like simple life questions and every single one was answered wrongly. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, you, what am I supposed to say at that point? Am I supposed to lie and say, okay, well, let her take her pharmaceutical, big pharma, you know, market-driven, capitalist, you know, driven drug. Because, because after all, you've been taught through the endless barrage of advertisements on TV that the drug is the answer and not Jesus. Not, not taking ownership of your life and not taking ownership of your body and not taking ownership of your mind. Not take the drug. Like, what, as a pastor, what am I supposed to do? I've got to tell the truth. I've got to tell the truth. And I am so thankful for this report that has come out because now, Wheels off, baby. Wheels off. I am going to. I even did it on Sunday. I couldn't even wait. And I know. I know some of you are watching right now because I told you to tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. or 7.30 p.m., sorry, uh, to watch the show so that we could unpack this for you. And I challenge you to do your own research. Do your own research and find out if what I'm saying is true. Please. I, 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 I encourage this. I encourage this because maybe you could drop the pills. Maybe you should drop the pills. And then maybe you should do some seriously simple steps to be healthy. Like eat good food, not fast food, not fried food, like greenery and carrots, <laughs> bananas. Uh, how about get more sleep? Don't binge watch or video game until 2 a.m. How about drink more water and less sugar? Take your vitamins. Exercise, 10 minutes a day. Look, let me just say something about exercise, and this is big. When I started exercising, I, like you, wanted to stop. And I'll never forget it. I was at the YMCA exercising, and I ran across this, this, um, uh, this article for exercising up on the on the bulletin board that they had there. And I'll never forget, one of the tips for exercising long-term in life was this. Even 10 minutes is enough. Even 10, that's what the article said. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna live like that. I'm gonna live like that. If I can get just 10 minutes, I'll be good. And I, I would just suggest you don't do this all or nothing approach. Like some of you are like, oh, exercise. That means I got to get myself a trainer and I got to go to the gym and I got to be there for six hours and I got to make sure that I do this seven times a week and I got to make sure that I'm, you know, pumping the protein and the neo, neo the creatine and all those kind of things into my body. I mean, just how about go for a walk for 10 minutes? <laughs> how about get yourself a puppy so that you were obliged to take a walk every day? And then the spiritual stuff, pray, meditate on scripture, spend time with other believers regularly. In other words, get to church. And then this one, get married to one person from the opposite sex and stay married, having sex only with them. Gosh, these are, these are not secrets, <laughs> but they are almost like unheard of in today's society. In today's society it is fix me, fix me doctor, fix me medical professionals, fix me Dr. Fauci, fix me government, fix me everybody, fix me society, I need you to fix me. No, 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 you can actually own it. You can fix yourself and God will give you the power and the strength to do it. I believe in you because this stuff is important. Big Pharma wants your money. Government wants your dependency. The Alphabet Gang wants you silenced and sidelined. And the devil wants you depressed and anxious until the day you die. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the church to remember most importantly, most importantly of all, that health comes from the one who made you. You know why we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as, in, as it is in heaven? You know that word, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? That word earth is important because where do our bodies come from? And where do they return? They come from the earth. Adam was made from the dust of the earth, and you are earth. That's why the many shades of human beings actually reflect the many shades of dirt. 
<laughs> Racism is just arguing about what shade of dirt you've got on your body. Um, so when we say your kingdom come and you will be done on earth, in other words, God, I want health. I want heavenly health in my body. And I ask you for that in Jesus' name. So we're seeing our society fall apart, but it's nothing new. It's nothing new at all. And I'm going to do a deep dive study on a time in the Bible when all that we are seeing now happened before. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the deep dive is coming back. Not tomorrow night. It's coming back in September. I'm going to give myself some time. I'm going to really get this prepped for you guys. I'm so excited. We're going to go verse by verse through 1 Kings and 2 Kings. And here's the bumper. Here's the promo. Be sure to share it on your social media for me. Check it out. Watch this. ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation going under. Okay, I'm really pumped up about the deep dive coming back. I hope you are too. I know you are too because the deep dive is great, right? You got to get the Bible in you. And so we're going to do that this September coming back with the deep dive on Wednesday nights at 730. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. Again, if you can support the channel, please do so. The Deep End is a product of TimHatchLive.com, and I still have a book for sale, and I have a new book coming out, and I would love you to purchase this book, Move, at Amazon. Just search Amazon, uh, a search Amazon, Tim Hatch Move, and you will find that book, and I would appreciate a review on the book, and a like and subscribe on the channel. Gosh, I haven't even pressed that today. Make sure you click that like button. Make sure you click that subscribe button, and give the beard some love. And then make sure that you're clicking that notification bell so that you can get notified every time we go live on your smartphone device. Thanks for being here, guys. I look forward to seeing you next week. Next week? Yeah. Well, stay tuned. We'll find out when we're going to go live again. God bless. Take care. Have a good night. If you haven't been offended by this episode of The Deep End, consider supporting us today at timhatchlive.com support. If you have been offended, get a grip and come back next week for The Deep End on Tim Hatch Live.